All right, welcome back to the Lindroth Hockey Podcast. We are in, spar- in partnership with Black and Gold Hockey Productions. You're here with co-host, father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindrop. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great. And who do we have with us today, Andrew? Our favorite guest, David Capuano, former NHLer. So, Dave, today's show is going to be focused on breaking down the Boston Bruins roster for the upcoming season. Before we get into it, though, Dave, did you watch the preseason game yesterday with Philadelphia? What did you think? Any, any uh, immediate things that popped to your head? Uh, I did watch the game last night as, mu- as much as I could. Two periods, maybe. Um, it was tough to watch. Yeah, I heard it was pretty bad. Very, very disappointed, and um, and just watching the Bruins. I, I mean, it just they just don't seem to have any any anybody that jumps out as out to you as a as a young player. Yeah, and I think that that's what they're lacking too. I mean, what, what did you think? Did you watch the the Liesel kid, the new first round draft pick? Everybody's drooling over was he? I heard that. He was far from ready from the NHL once he saw that preseason game. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched him and and the and the even the Bleacher Kid. I mean, they're gonna need time in Providence for sure. Um, yeah. the, you know, and it's one game again. I mean, it's it's tough for you know. I don't want to sit here and critic criticize somebody for one game, but um, you know, I'm just looking for someone that jumps out, someone that has speed, someone that creates, someone that's you know, making guys around them better. And I just didn't see it. And, and really even, you know, and I'm kind of, I was kind of looking for stud Nicker to kind of take that, you know, we've been talking about him for three years to take that next. Do different things, but I didn't see it in him either. Yeah. And do you think, do you think stud Nick is starting to have trouble finding his footing in this lineup i know it's a tough lineup to crack and i know everybody's had their trials and tribulations but he had that first really good season with providence and then as he's trying to you know as he tried to add more weight last season and try and fit in more of the bottom six role it kind of seemed like he started to really fizzle out maybe it's too much expectations i don't know Dad, did, did I go out? No. Oh, okay. I yeah, you went on on me for a little bit. I, I you know, I got the Stadnicka question. Um, I, I think that he's trying to find kind of where he fits. I think that's the biggest thing with I see. Um, is he a defensive center? Is he an is he an offensive guy? Is is he a third line, fourth line guy? I, I think that's what he needs to figure out, and he needs to take the next step and the next level. So is there anybody that popped out that was positive, surprising to you, Dave, at all in the first preseason game? The, um, the defenseman, Jacob, um, I, I thought was really good. Um, Which defense? What, what did you say, Cappy? Um, Jacob. Um, oh, is it Greenway? Zaboro. Oh, Zaboro. Yeah, yeah. Zaboro. Yeah, yeah. Zaboro. yeah, I heard he was the, the, the good one. So I, I take it like he was – I thought he was the best player on the ice for the Bruins. So, I think, so you think that that was a good signing then to keep him? Well, yeah. I mean, he was hurt all last year, right? Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah. So, I mean, from what I saw last night, I mean, um, he did all the little things. He moves his feet well. He gets in position. He, he makes that first pass uh, every single time. That first pass was tape to tape and seemed like to the right guy, um, which is so important in the league. I uh, got up the ice all night, made some great offensive plays. I was very, very impressed with him last night. I thought by far he was the best Bruin last night. 
Dave, talk to us a little bit about and put on your thinking cap to when you were a young player breaking into the NHL. We're talking preseason. So with these young guys who they probably would are not going to make the roster, uh, but they're trying to make an impression. What's the pressure like when you're a young guy trying to break it into the NHL? You don't want to go to the AHL. Um, what's the pressure like and how do you try to take advantage of those opportunities? Well, I mean, I don't know what these guys are making today, but we were making like 30 grand in the minors. So that was a little bit of pressure. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I don't think that, you know, the, I, I don't think the pressure was, was, you know, I, to me, it was an opportunity to show what you can do. And that's kind of how I looked at it. I don't know, you know, today with, with these guys, you know, it, it seems like a lot of them are, are playing a game where it, they're not just playing and they're not just playing what they've played and done their whole life. And I, it seemed like sometimes um, maybe that, that pressure is causing them not to be them. Um, I, but I just, did, I just didn't see anybody last night jump out to me at all. I, it was, it was, it was really disappointing. And again, it's the first game and, and whatnot, but all the Bruins players, the big guys weren't there. I mean, it was an opportunity for these guys to get a lot of ice time and show what they can do. And do you, you know, with you have been in the NHL before and, you know, I know that a lot of factors go into everything, the performance coaches. Do you think that we're starting to see this as a drafting problem, a coaching problem? Obviously we have a new coach, so we can't judge, you know, Montgomery yet, but do, do you think it's an effort thing? I mean, it kind of seems like the young guys have never had that kick the past few years to try and make the team. I mean, we've had nobody, it seems like. I think it's just a poor drafting and poor talent. Yeah. And our talent pool, I'm pretty sure for prospects is last in the league. So I mean when you when you look at a kid like Gil, um like the Islanders drafted, right? And the Bruins missed him. We've talked about this. I mean, does he not stick out to you when you watch? I mean, that's what I'm looking for. He's making everybody around him better. I mean, that's what Gretzky does. That's what Lemieux did. I mean, that's what everybody did. Every great player has done. And you know, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Let's get into a little bit of the, <clears throat> the Bruins um, foundation of their team here. So uh, Bergeron comes back. Were you surprised with the signing? And, and do you think that that obviously was a good signing for the Bruins? Oh, of course, it's a great signing. I mean, it, but again, you know, <laughs> where are they if they don't sign them? Right. You know? So that's another well, whole question. Good. Um, but I mean, what did he have? 25 goals last year. I don't even know. I mean, 70, 60, 70 points. Obviously he, he can still play. I think, I think he's, he's at the time where he's had so many injuries late, um, that he's somewhat healthy now that he step away from the game and go, you know, be with his family. I'm sure he would probably step right into the Bruins organization. Maybe they need him. Um, but you know, it's a great signing and I, and I think they're going to have a good team now, uh, but is it going to be enough to hold that team without Marshawn and McAvoy over 500, you know, through their injuries? Yeah. And so what do you think of that first line, especially with DeBrusque uh, returning now, assuming that he would be on that first line again and his decision to, to, to rescind his trade request and stay after coach Cassidy was let go. Well, I mean, time will tell. I mean, you know, is he going to be a, a favorite um, of the new coach or is he is he going to, you know, still struggle and be a first line, a fourth liner? Um, I'm not sold on him. Um, 
I think he's sporadic. Yeah. And I think he, and I, but again, I think the whole Bruins as an organization, they, they don't have any grit. There's no grit there. And, and that's, that's a big problem. Um, you know, I was watching a little bit of the Ottawa Senators game and they were talking, you know, I, I talked to my brother and, you know, they've gotten a little bit beaten up over the last few years. They're, they're trying, they try to add a little more grit and play a little tougher and, and um, stay away from the injuries because of, of the fact that they're a tougher team. And I think the Bruins are kind of fell in that mold too. They, 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 they don't, they don't have, they're not the old Bruins. We know that's for sure. And, um, and I know the league's different, but you still have to have that toughness, toughness in the playoffs is, is what, what wins. I mean, I, you know, I, I do think the Bruins have got a good chance to, you know, to hang in there with Krejci being back, but I, I don't know if, um, are we talking a Stanley cup team here, you know? So let's let's go back because we haven't spoken uh, um, on the podcast about the firing of Cassidy. But like Andrew said, DeBrus now saying, I want to stay with the team um, because Cassidy's gone. Krejci just coming back. Um, was there a problem, do you think? Should we read into uh, that there was a problem with Cassidy and some of the players? Or was Cassidy just a scapegoat for Sweeney? Not to throw him under the bus, but, you know. We are fans. We got we we come up with crazy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like the government, right? They're not they're they're, <laughs> they're, they're real. Um, but you know, not everybody likes coaches, right? I mean, no, you I have mean, their issues. You know, it, it you know, you, there's going to be guys that like their coaches. There's going to guys that, that don't like their coaches. The the main thing is is if you're winning and you're and you and how you're playing for them. Um, it's a different world today. I mean, when, when we played, we didn't say two words. I mean, you know, it was, it was a whole different world. Now these guys have a lot to say about who they play with, you know, how they're playing, you know, I want to be traded. Uh, so it's, it's a different world. I, I think Cassie obviously did a very good job and it was, you know, six, seven years. It was, it was tough. It was his time to go. And also, I do believe it could it's a scapegoat for Sweeney because Sweeney has drafted so poorly and has not had any young guys come up and help this team. And I think that's what they've been missing the last two or three years with an opportunity with Bergeron and Masha and these guys that first two lines being being really good. They've had no secondary scoring for three or four years now. We've talked about it uh, every year. I do the you know Channel 12 show here sometimes on the news and and it's been my biggest problem with them is the secondary scoring. You, you just can't have one line and go out there and try to win games. And even Cassidy with the power play, he relied on that top power play. That was it. They got a, a minute and 30 seconds and that was it. Then the, the next power play went out there. It was like, you know, you're giving up the rest of the power play because they had nothing. So, um, you know, I, I believe that Montgomery will, will do a good job. He's won wherever he's went. So, but it's, it's going to be tough without, without, um, without McAvoy and without Marchant for in, I, I guess, Grizzly too, I guess. Right. So I don't know when he's back um, to hold the fort down. They, they have to be above 500 or above to make the playoffs. So we, we, that's been proven. So I know that we're kind of bouncing around everywhere, but it, it's something I, I definitely want to ask now. Cappy's we're moving on to the second line. And before I kind of talk about Krejci and Taylor Hall as well, um, do you, do you read into, do fans read into it at all that David Poshinak hasn't signed yet? Is it kind of crazy to you that, um, a player of his caliber and kind of where the Bruins are going to be after Bergeron and Krejci are gone, that they haven't signed him long-term yet? 
Or I mean, I know he plays this game, but it's kind of it's kind of getting a little weird. Or Dave, what also do you think of the latest signings? I mean, the money's starting to get a little out of control. I think, like um, in general, in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I mean, he's you see it in every sport now, right? I mean, yeah. every sport, and and it's just it's just the way things go. I mean, they, you know, the historians say everything doubles every fourteen years, so. You know, that doesn't go any different, I think, for contracts in these big major league sports and, and, and whether it's, you know, people's salaries or whatnot. But they say your house doubles in 14 years, food doubles in 14 years. So, you know, contracts are just going to keep going up because of because of inflation. Um, but I, I, I do think that, you know, the Bruins are – I, I don't think past – I don't think Pasta wants to, wants to commit to this team until – until he sees what's going forward and who, who they're going to commit to. And I just, I just would not be surprised if he doesn't resign. Really? Do you, do you trade him? Obviously. I, I mean, mean I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. have to get something because they have nothing now. So that you'd have to get something. Right. Um, I, I just think that they're in a very, they're in a very tough position. I don't know if I want Sweeney leading that packed, but once we go down and look at the second line, though, what, what do you think on paper now that Krejcic is returning, and I know he's had a year off in the NHL con, uh, competition, but let's say you have Taylor Hall, Krejcic, and Pasternak. Do you think that with, you know, apparently Krejci and Pasternak's chemistry and them always wanting to play together, do you think that's going to play into a factor that they're going to have the whole season together just about and play better? I think it's kind of a temporary band-aid to kind of maybe even hold pasta over until a certain time i don't know but it's kind of a band-aid obviously yeah i mean i, I mean I, I don't know how old preach is he 37 now 36 37 yeah. i mean you know he hasn't got any younger he, i mean he took a year off so maybe he's refreshed and he has one good year left in him um you know but he's one hit away right i mean it, it, it's it's a young it's, it's it's a young league and and injuries play a big part of it uh we've we've talked about that going into the playoffs um Teams that stay healthy are usually teams that win. But I think the first two lines will be fine. But again, I mean, what are the Bruins playing for? Are they playing for a Stanley Cup? Or are they playing to, to fill the, the stands so everybody makes money, make the playoffs, and, and they get a first or second round team again? And I think that's what they're looking at if they, if they can hold the foot down to um, make the playoffs the first two, two months of the season. The Bruins traded Halla for uh, Zacha, if I'm pronouncing that right, Andrew. Um, and I would assume that he's going to play on the right or left with Coyle on the third line at the moment um, and probably have Smith on the right. What are your thoughts on this line and those players? If they're healthy, could that provide some of that secondary scoring that they're going to need? Uh, I, I think it can, but... I'm not a big Smith fan right now. I think he's past his prime and, and slowing down. Um, and I think Coyle is a, Coyle's a great player. He's a great defensive player. Uh, he's a, he knows his role as a third line guy for sure. He's a good power, you know, PK guy. Um, but who's going to, who's going to be the, you know, who's going to be the guy that, that can score that 15 to 18 goals. You know what I mean? I just don't see it. And, and that trade they made, I, I don't know if it's a, you know, it's a one for one trade. I think it could help them a little bit, but that's, that's time will tell that. Yeah. And do you think Coyle has to live up 
to larger expectations here. I mean, obviously we're talking contracts. I know it's changed, but his contracts pretty crazy for what he does produce for the team. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you think going into this season? Do you think that now that Coyle's starting to move past his no move clause stuff in his contract that they might move him eventually instead, or do you think that they're going to keep him? Cause he's not producing offensively. And obviously once Krejci and Bergeron are gone, he's our, he's our top six center. Right. Yeah. It's a, again, another, it's another good factor and another good question that you asked because I mean, where are they going to be in next year? So if, if, um, if pasta doesn't resign, Bergeron's done after this year, we pretty much know that. And Krejci could be done after this year. Now Coyle's your first line center. So, um, you know, it's not like we we got guys coming up, you know, taking that role. Um, but again, it's, 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 a, they're in a really tough position there because of the lack of talent they've drafted the last six, seven or eight years. And that's what it all boils down to. I mean, the teams that have drafted the best look at Tampa, yep. they're good every single year. And they, yep. you know, they, they, they lost, you know, that their third line center that, you know, the year before, um, which hurt them a little bit, but they still made it, you know, a game to win in the Stanley cup finals. So I, I think a lot of this lays in the Bruins management and there's, there's no question in my mind, that's where the, the issues are coming from. Let's look at the fourth line possibilities. So, you know, no sickle problem would be there and who knows, maybe he'll, he'll center that. Andrew, I heard he was terrible yesterday. Is that true? Cappy? I heard he was pretty bad. According no to sick. Yeah. He, I don't, I don't think he was that bad. He made some good plays. He, they created that line created more so than a lot of other lines. I don't think he was that bad. I, 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 I didn't, I wouldn't say that. That's good. A- Andrew, what are we looking at on a fourth line? And we still got Felino in the mix. Yeah. Felino is definitely going to play. They're not going to move him. And then you've got, you know, Trent Frederick that will be in the mix. And then you got Oscar Steen who you can't forget on the right side because he just signed a two year one way contract as well. So he's, he's in the lineup. So and Oscar Steen does have the speed to create There's right. one thing that he does have. And that's, that's an interesting, you know, there's a guy that could be very interested in come on and be that guy this year because he has the speed to play in the NHL. Right. Uh, and, but as far as, you know, Frederick too, that's another question mark. Is he going to jump his game up this year again? He could, I, I, I don't, I don't mind him. I think that, that the Bruins, took a big chance on him and, and draft him probably higher than they needed to. But, um, you know, his toughness, his grit and his willingness to, to play a different game is kind of like a to truck game. Um, but he needs to take it to the next level now. Do you think that Frederick is progressing nicely or is he kind of stagnant? And the reason why I ask happy is because, um, we won't mention names, but we talked to, uh, one of his college coaches when we had him on the podcast and he had mentioned that uh, at the time he um, I guess he got a million dollar deal to sign with a good sign on bonus with the Bruins and he left college early and the coach was like he wasn't ready he should have finished he needed a little bit more experience and I don't know if Frederick's really progressed since his first season which was a couple years ago Andrew I'm not sure yeah it's been a while no, I think he has. I think he has for sure. Um, and again, it's a lot of it's it's skating and timing and picking up that extra step. 
Um, but I think he's progressed enough. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I left my junior year too. And, and, you know, do I wish I go back and I would have stayed probably, but um, I'm sure he can't look back on that. And there's a million reasons why he's, he, he went. So, um, but I, I think that he's, I think he's progressed and I think this year he can make a big step and Sudnick is the same way. I mean, I think Sudnicka could make a step too. I just, again, last night I didn't, I didn't, obviously Frederick didn't play, but um, I saw Stagnitza. He had a couple good chances. He, he was good last night. He he was good, but I still think he needs to to find out what he's going to be in the NHL, and I don't see that yet. Now, his contract that he just resigned, Andrew, you're the contract guru here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a three year deal, isn't it? But one, it's a two way uh, two, two year first- deal. Two-year deal, it's two-way this year, one-way next year. So he's guaranteed he's playing in the NHL next year. Yeah. And that's smart. And and I don't know if that's something new with contracts, but I think that that's a good deal for him because he needs to, you know, either he's going to be in the NHL or he's not. And uh, But, Dave, what do you think of that contract? And and is that a new thing or has that always been a thing where you, you can say, hey, I'll sign a two- or three-year deal, one one year two way, but the rest it's a one way. I'm I'm staying in the NHL. Did you have that back in the day? Yeah, it's always kind of been the same thing, Jim. It's, oh, it has. Okay. The issue the issue with that, Jim, is he's not guaranteed to be in the NHL. He's guaranteed to get a one year uh, one way. Con- he's guaranteed to make a million bucks, but he could be in Providence making a million bucks. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, yeah yep. I don't really save money with that either. Speaking of which, and I know. I know I'm the Felino hater out of you guys, but you know, we hear a lot on Twitter. Uh, people talk, it's, I know it's an analytic heavy world now with hockey. Um, and, and you hear people talk about uh, intangibles within players, things that don't account for in analytics that do matter to the team, like leadership, the, the locker room energy. Why, why are the Bruins continuing to hold that spot for Felino? You know, as they, you know, got rid of Char the year before, I know it's, you know, we're talking forwards and defense now, but to allow the young guys to come in to see if their recent draft picks it, are the, are the, are the Bruins just holding on because he's a, he's a vet that brings a lot or, or what is it Cappy that they're, that they're keeping him? Well, again, it goes back to the lack of prospects. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Bottom line. I don't like right. hearing it all the time. You know, I'm trying to come up with something else here. <laughs> you know, that's why, I mean, that, but yeah, I mean, I watched him last night. Like he, obviously he's a pro. He makes all the smart plays. He develops, he, he creates, um, he made some nice plays last night, but he's a, he's a fourth line guy. He's a good locker room guy at this point. And maybe he's a guy that only plays 30 games this year for them. Right. You know, maybe that's the type of year he has. And um, that would be a good thing for the Bruins. So defense. Um, so we have McAvoy and, and Lindholm. Um, what did you think of Lindholm's introduction to the bees last season? And how would you stack them up as, as a good first pairing? Especially now that he signed for like eight years. <laughs> I mean, he's here for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's a great defenseman. So, I, I mean, I, I think that there's a reason why so many people wanted to trade for him. I think he's a puck moving first pass guy gets up the ice, creates, uh, and I think he's a, he's with, you know, you could split those guys up too. And then they have good, two good pairings with McAvoy. Obviously McAvoy is a guy that can play 30 minutes a night. He's a horse. He, he, I mean, obviously we talk about Frederick and Sudnicka getting better. Well, look at what Charlie's done in three years. Yeah. 
You know, if Sudnicker and Frederick made the same strides as McAvoy, they you're talking two guys that would be helping this lineup in, incredibly, right? So, um, you know, sometimes it's not an easy thing to draft, but to me, the Bruins can't miss every single guy, and they seem to have missed every single guy. Um, yeah. I watched, obviously, Bleacher last night. I thought Bleacher was okay. Uh, it looked like a big, you know, strong, smart sentiment. Um, but, they, you know, they're going to need time in, in Providence. Um, but, again, you know, we, they're signing these other guys and struggling with their third, fourth line because they have no depth from the minor leagues. And it looks pretty right now. McAvoy and Lindholm and fully healthy. That's a great first pairing. But what do you think about the, I almost call it the fringe second pairing, and they could be one of the best in the league with Grizzlick and Carlo, given that if that was it, fully healthy. Um, that's what it was last season. Obviously, Grizzlick, wonderful skater. I think one of the best transitional defensemen moving up the ice. I mean, he's beautiful to watch. But obviously, you know, I don't like to talk about size, but as we get to playoffs, he clearly struggles against these bigger teams, the the big, tough uh, forwards that are riding him up against the boards. And, of course, Carlo, you know, I, I've got my opinions on Carlo, the softest 6'5 I've seen in a while. What, what do they need to do? Because right now um, I feel like if they were to strengthen that up, the Bruins' defense would be great. And some games they are on. But I feel like when it comes to playoffs, they kind of start to drop off a bit. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting for, for two reasons. One, um, Carlo, to me, dropped off last year for sure. Um, Grizzly, do you think the Wilson injury has anything to do with it? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I, I just – I don't know why Carlo, like you said, he, he's not – he was not playing physical, not playing tough, and that's what the Bruins need out of him too. Um, Grizzlick is, is fine. He's a puck moving guy, but he's a little small, right? I mean, so you need Carlo to be Carlo. Uh, very interesting. I, I know the Bruins signed, signed Strollman. Um, yeah. that would be yeah, a very, sure. very interesting, you know, uh, signing a guy that's played 900 games in this league and wants to be there. And he was in a bad position with Arizona. So that, that could be a, a fourth or fifth D that really makes a difference those first two months. Yeah. So that's another, you know, with, with Jacob Zaboro, um, you know, I think they're, they're going to be okay back there. And I think that Stroman might help that mix where he gives them some veteran leadership back there. So if you're so, yeah. starting the, the lineup healthy then, and you've got the bottom pairing, you know, so you got Forbert, Clifton, Riley, obviously somebody's getting traded. We're negative 2 million in the cap right now as well. Who do you trade off the top of your head out of those Clifton, the Forbert, Riley, Zaboral, and who who would you put on there? Let's say Strawman makes the team too. Who would you put? It's, that's tough to say. I mean, I think someone like Clifton might probably get the, the most, you know, bang for your buck. Um, it would be nice if they could trade a Clifton for somebody, uh, up front. Um, but I think Clifton Riley, one of those two guys are probably the guys they would move. Um, obviously Strowman would be probably on a cheap contract, yeah. right? So in yep. Zaboro too, I don't know what he signed for, but I was very impressed with Zaboro. How old is Zaboro? He's like 24, 25. <laughs> now. Yeah. So he's, so. he's basically in his prime for a D man. Yeah. You know, the yeah. next. 25, 26 is the prime for a D-man. So but do, I do, you, do you get rid of Forbert with all that penalty kill? Uh, oh, and the, and the block shots? I mean, that guy was a monster in the playoffs. Right. 
No, I, I don't think they're going to move a guy like that. I think you're going to look at Clifton O'Reilly for them to move. Gotcha. But again, you don't know. You're going to, you don't know what happens the first next three weeks when they lose a D, a D man too. So yeah, you know, to injury. Goaltenders. So, you know, we know we got Swayman and Allmark and people really, um, at least on social media, take it for what it is, are really all over Allmark. But I like Allmark. I think he's a starting goalie. I think Swayman it could also be a starter, but I don't understand the hate for Allmark. What, what are your thoughts of, of Allmark first? And then we'll talk the kid. I don't have a problem with either one of them. I think this solidified one of the best solidified one, two in the league where both guys can play every single night, but are they good enough to win a Stanley cup? And again, does I think Swayman's the kid that has the potential to make the next step. Like we've talked about with McAvoy and if Swayman makes that step, you know, can he lead that team to a Stanley cup? It's very possible. But right now I think they, they're solidified in goal. And I don't think that's an issue for them. And I remember, now, we, I remember we talked during the playoffs, Dave, uh, where you and I would talk, you know, not on the podcast and, you know, you'd say, Where's the hot goalie? Who's going to have the hot goalie? It always comes down to that. And the Bruins did not have a hot goalie in the playoffs. Right. And that's just my point. They got two goalies that can definitely get them there. But is somebody got to make the next step? And my get my my opinion, it would be Swayman that could make that next that next leap to, to have a better year. I think Omak has reached his potential and is going to be a really good goalie in this league, but I think Swayman's the one that could take the next step. So, uh, Cappy, just taking a look around the league now <laughs> to take a break from the Bruins. Um, first thing I want to ask, pretty simple, which which team do you consider a dark horse coming up this season? I know you've always been high on Ottawa, especially since last year. Them in Detroit, I think, are looking really good. Who, who do you think is going to shock the league this year or has the potential to? I think that... Columbus is probably the team the shock makes make the biggest surprise this year. And I obviously think the Rangers are going to are going to be good this year. I, I do think that you're going to see some of the top teams fall off. And I think you're going to see some of these other teams make a push, including Ottawa, including Buffalo, including Detroit. Do you think Tampa was exposed by Colorado in the Stanley Cup playoffs with how slow they were compared to Colorado? I mean, they looked a decade older. I don't think so. I think that, that you know, I think Tampa Bay made everybody else look fine until they played Colorado. And Colorado was just that, just that type of team that, uh, um, you know, just it's just a team like we've never seen before. What do you think of a Philly situation right now? I mean, it, it looks like it's, it's pretty morbid over there in that locker room right now. Yeah, I think I've read they've had some problems and I've read that they've, you know, had uh, that Tortorella said that the, the, the locker room is a problem. And, and, and I, I believe if it's all hands on deck and he has the, the, the capability, I think that Tortorella will change it. I think that he'll change it. I think he's he's got that leadership in him to do that. And I think that um, that uh, he'll make that change. But it's going to be it's going to be interested because. I think Columbus is going to make that. And I think the other teams like Washington, Florida, Boston, the New York Islanders could be the teams that struggle this year and, and struggle, meaning, you know, not get out to the usual jumps that they get out to. And dad, hold on real fast. I did want to ask this, Cappy, what did you, what do you think? And I, I don't watch the Western conference all too much, but 
what do you think of the the Winnipeg Jets falling apart? You know, they stripped the captaincy. Obviously, they get uh, a new coach and everything, but it, it really seemed like that there was a lot of turmoil going on there. Um, a lot of the vet players not getting along with the younger players. I mean, what happens when – I mean, did this happen back in your day ever where it was kind of like – I know it's more out in the open now with social media, um, but but what do you think is going on over there? Yeah, <clears throat> not surprising, right? The coach walked away from the team. Right. Um, so they obviously had problems there. So, you know, but the, the best – sometimes the best thing to do is is you got to make changes and, you know – you know, the, they got a veteran coach going in there who's seen it all, probably, you know, 30 years in this league, I'm sure. And I'm sure he'll figure out what he needs to do. But uh, obviously that's an issue. Um, you know, the, the, you know, Calgary is very interesting. That, that team, I, I think Florida could be, you know, Florida, you don't know what's going to happen in Florida. That could, uh, that whole trade could be a disappointment. They could struggle a little bit too, a lot of turnover. Who won um, that trade, by the way? Who do you think won that trade? Oh, it's tough to say right now. I think you'd have to say down the road, but I think that uh, it doesn't seem that Chuck was too popular in the Calgary locker room either. Yeah. So yeah. that that could help Calgary too. I mean, they they got they got the trade they made. I mean, their defenseman, the guy, the kid Uyghur, is probably now the best defenseman on Calgary. Yeah. And so, they got Huberdos. They kind of replaced Kachuk. Got a hundred and thirty point score, hundred and ten point scorer with now their best defenseman. So I think Calgary made some great trade. I mean, very impressed of what they were able to do. And if if all is true, and a lot of the people didn't like, a lot of the players didn't like the antics of Kachuk in that locker room. Calgary might be a team to get off to a hot start and, and a team to watch. Um, and again, and I and I think Nashville is a team too, where obviously so skilled. So, um, but again, you got to contend through Colorado and that 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 there too. So, in a professional team, on a professional team, and I'm a, you know, with the assumption that everybody's professional, and you know, you show up and you do your job, and you know, that's how you support your family. It's a job. I'm a professional. However, when it comes to like who's going to be a team captain? Does it really make a difference at that pro level? And when you do have animosity in a locker room, who settles it? Is it usually the vet players telling some of the other guys to knock it off, start being professionals? Um, or is it the captain? Cause we're starting to see a lot of young captains in the NHL. And I'm wondering if, if could that be a problem? It, it de Marcia. definitely. I think it's, I think it's an issue to have, such a young captain. When I was in Vancouver, I was lucky enough to have Stan Smeal still there, um, who was a, who was so well respected, and 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 Trevor Linden, Trevor Linden, you know, really looked up to Stan too. And then and then Trevor became the captain after Stan, and and Trevor wasn't a loud guy, you know, but he his actions spoke louder than words, and I think you know that's kind of how Bergeron been, but. From listening to Strawman, um, from listening to, to Strawman, um, Strawman is so impressed with the Bruins locker room. One of the first things he said. So um, he, uh, that to me tells me there was a problem with Arizona's room or a difference right off the bat. 
So when there's a problem, like what would be a problem that would cause a pro player to say, you know, screw this, I'm, I'm going to another team? Is, is it just immaturity or is it actually egos of bigger players or a combination of both? Um, I think a lot of times you, you get teams that are losing. I mean, it, it, it starts with teams that aren't winning, and I think that's one of the biggest problems. And I think, the, but at some point, the captain and the um, and the and the coaching staff have to get together and and try to clean it up. But sometimes you just can't do it. Sometimes there's issues in that locker room where you get you know a couple guys that are on big contracts that are playing soft that aren't playing hard, and they just continue to play that way. And the coaches have you know coaches do nothing about it, and that creates animosity, and it and it, and it trickles through that room. Do you think in this salary cap era right now, too, I know we were kind of talking contracts earlier and, you know, <clears throat> the doubling theory after 14 years and everything. But, you know, people, you know, the kids like Jack Hughes, the ones that are just getting off their their ELC contracts, you know, them getting paid eight and a half million, seven and a half million over the next seven, eight years. Do you think that while these teams are trying to, of course, build like their cornerstone of their team, those core players, do you think that they're making a mistake? paying so much money out right away, not knowing how they're going to pan out, especially when they've had, you know, one season. Look at Thomas Shabbat from Ottawa. I mean, he had one good season, what, 2018, 2019, got paid and really has not been the same player, at least to me, since. I don't know. I, I think that I think that coaching staff and I mean, Shabbat, obviously, I know because my brother Jack is there and speaks so highly of him. Um I think he's a young guy again, you know, on that, on the D on back on the D line, it's, it's really hard. They don't come into their own till they're 25 years old. So I think that the organizations kind of know what they're doing and they see them every single day. They're not going to throw $8 million out there at a guy that they know is not prepared every day. doesn't give a hundred percent. I think it's, I think that Andrew, the biggest problem in this league is, and I'll go back to it a hundred times is the teams that draft well or the teams that consistently win. Wow. Yeah, that, that is interesting. I mean, it, it's true, but you'd think, you know, like bigger trades, but yeah, it's, it's development. And, and uh, so is Sweeney on a short leash, Dave? I hope so. I think so. I think at this point, there's no question. I think that, I think they're in a tough, you know, a tough, uh, a tough position because after this year, um, they're not a team that's going to walk in and make the playoffs. And if that building doesn't stay packed, right? I mean, think about it. If you're the owner, the building's packed every single night. You know, go park your car at $100 underneath every single night. Yeah. And, and um, you know, they make the playoffs every year. So I, I think that if that stops, I think that they're going to not look at Jim Montgomery. They're going to look at Sweeney. And do you think with uh, – I forgot which Jacob uh, brother or whatever kid it was, but he had said, uh, quote for quote, and of course, you know, the fans will take anything in or out of context, but uh, he had said that our goal is to continue to be perennial playoff contenders, did not mention about going for the cup. So do you think that that is, obviously? I mean, it sounds like that is kind of the goal is as long as the Bruins can make it to the playoffs, we get to our round two and we get our – our three or four home games of concession stands, we're probably good. I mean, do you think that that also trickles down to the locker room or do you think that's just kind of like the players separate that? 
Well, it's a tough statement to read into one, one. Okay. Yeah. Like then they still have to have a pretty good squad to make it to where they're making it. Right. And then two is, are they, do they have, again, do they have that, you know, bleacher or a Lysel to trade down the stretch to make it a Stanley cup t- team. So, you know, I, I you guys are going to, you know, be sick of hearing it, but if they draft better, they win more. Yeah. Uh, what I mean, about, what, what about ownership now? And do they play a part in the building of the team? Meaning that, you know, Jacobs has always been, you know, he's owned the Bruins since the seventies. He's known as a, a cheap guy wants to, you know, the bottom line is everything. But Dave, I remember, I mean, you did your stint with, with Tampa early on. And I remember Tampa, I think it was the late nineties now where they changed management a few times and they actually had an owner where Tampa was in the cellar and he was like this crazy owner. This is when they were bringing in like a Ludzig as coach. If you remember just before Tortorella and it seemed to be like a free for all with this owner. He was more about like, uh, you know, owning the, uh, the Charlestown chiefs rather than a professional hockey club. How much does an ownership and now look at Arizona too, how much does ownership play in building a team or do they stay out of it? What's your opinion? Oh, no. Ownership is a, is a huge part of it. I mean, look at the Islanders, you know, they, when they changed ownership, unfortunately they, they, you know, God snow was gone and my brother Jack was gone and, you know, they, they thought that, you know, they were, you know, coming in and, and, and built a new rink and, put a lot of money into the organization and they thought they were going to go out and win a Stanley cup in two years by hiring, you know, their new head coach, but that didn't portray and that didn't, you know, um, I look back at what Jack accomplished in, in, in his career there and in the last few years making the playoffs and the run they had on. Um, so sometimes it goes both ways. I mean, they can, you can bring in the smartest guys in the world and maybe they're not the smartest guys. So, um, you know, I think that the, the Bruins are in a situation where Don Sweeney's on the hot seat for sure. And there's no question that they probably really like the job he's done all the way around other than his pick and talent because he's with his contracts, he's been great. You know, he kept Masha and all those guys and pasta at good contracts where he could build around it. And, and, so they, you know, they were fortunate there, but you know, he's a smart guy, a Harvard guy, a smart guy. But again, if you're not bringing in young talent and you're not developing them on the way up and, and, and those guys aren't going in your, in your lineup for two or three years, making, you know, the league minimum, you know, good luck trying to win a Stanley cup. What is Neely's role? I'm going to play, uh, you know, asking the dumb question. He's president. What, what does a president of a hockey club do? What power do they have? Is it just a liaison between the ownership and the GM? I mean, I really don't know what a president does. I, I, I would be tough to answer that question because I've never been in anywhere near that. But I, I think that, yeah, I think he's the liaison between the the ownership and the team. And I think that the phone calls are probably open every single day or a lot. And I think he oversees operations. And I think that's what he does. He's overseeing um, the operation and making sure he feels comfortable what's going on. And I think he had a big part probably in, in listening to, to players on the way out last year. And maybe they didn't like the role that Cassidy was taking. And I think that that probably played a part in, in moving in moving Cassidy. 
So Dave, uh, kind of a little bit more off topic question, but something I wanted to ask before um, we started to finish up here, Arizona Coyotes next three or four years, they're playing in the college arena. Do you think, and just really in your honest opinion, do you think that the NHL is making a mistake by allowing this? A lot of people are saying how um, at, for such a big league, like national hockey league for you to allow a team to go that route is pretty crazy. Or do you think it's really not that big of a deal? It's just something they got to do for a few years. The players won't mind. Or do you think, do you think it'll affect the players coming to play in Arizona? I would assume it would. What, what do you think about that whole situation? It's been a while since we talked about that. Yeah. I, I think it's an embarrassment. I, yeah. mean, I think it's a total embarrassment. I think the league needs to do more, needs to step in and do more. Um, what is it? 5,000 people in that building. Yes. Yeah. Less than, I mean, that's how, how, do, how do you, how do you finance a team without, you know, 15, 16,000 people at the gate and, you know, concessions and everything else. So I, I think it's an embarrassment. I think they, they need to figure it out. And I think it's only going to get worse. I think this country is going to go into the biggest recession we've ever had. And I think that, you know, um, it's going to hurt every single professional sport. Not to mention all the tickets are about 200, 300 bucks each. I already looked. So it's, it's pretty crazy. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, what do you think about uh, the advertisements on jerseys? What? They're doing that? Yeah. They've already started. Like, they've already started it. Yeah. I forgot which team has it already. Maybe New York Rangers or something. But, yeah, they've already started it. I think yeah. Bruins started it, too. Somebody said it wasn't that bad. They couldn't notice. But I was curious. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it at all. Yeah. So we're gonna look like we're gonna look like the uh, EIHL, our friends over there. I mean, that's yeah. just a lot of advertisements on those jerseys. Yeah. So and on the ice, there's so much advertising over there in Europe on the ice. I can't even find the puck. Yeah, no shit. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, Dave, we will wrap it up, but um, you know, let's uh, let's have you back on when when the Bruins uh, maybe if there's any big changes between now and opening night, but. We should probably check in uh, sometime November, December and get your uh, professional opinion on how the Bruins and how the league's shaking up. Because whoever's going to come hot out of the gate will know by December, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, we'll know for sure. For sure. And I, uh, I, I enjoy being on. Thanks for having me on. And, and um, I'll, I'll definitely I'm here. If, you know, the next time you guys want to talk, I'm here. And uh, let's hope the Bruins get off to a good start. I think it will really help.